Welcome back to another episode of the Gator Maven Podcast, brought to you by Sports Illustrated. I'm your host, Zach Goodall. Make sure to throw me a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall, as well as my co-host, Graham Marsh. You can find him over at Graham Marsh UF. Graham, say what's up to the people. Yo, yo, how's everybody doing? Um, nice, uh, nice bye week. Um, if you are a huge Gator fan, it's a nice time to uh, kind of calm your nerves a little bit. Um, save yourself from the the weekly heart attack that college football gives you, um, and you get to just enjoy and spectate games. But Graham, Nick Sproles entered the transfer oh, portal. Man, what am I gonna do without Nick Sproles, dude? The uh, redshirt junior walk-on quarterback entered the transfer portal last night. This changes uh, the whole QB room. I mean, it's a domino <laughs> effect if you think about it. It's the of first of many quarterback headlines that'll come this offseason in regards to the Florida quarterback position with you know obviously we're expecting a quarterback battle some people haven't opened their minds up to the idea that Dan Mullen has specifically told them no one has ever had their job like set in stone entering a spring camp under him he just doesn't he just doesn't work like that every position's open for grabs there's going to be a QB battle there's three guys that are worthwhile here that could actually end up you know winning the starting job at the end of the day uh, with Felipe Franks should he return from his injury 100% by the time spring camp comes around. What Kyle Trask has been able to do in his place has warranted him, you know, the first reigns, quite honestly, in the competition. And by then, Emory Jones will be becoming a redshirt sophomore, third year in the system. You'd hope that he has it down by then because that was Mullins' prized, you know, first quarterback commitment and signing. So there really was no room for Nick Sproles here, especially with the idea of Anthony Richardson coming in. That's four scholarship quarterbacks. You would probably figure it'll be back down to three once the battle comes and goes. You'd figure that someone will probably end up transferring out if they don't win it. The question is, who would that be? I don't see it being Trask, even if he doesn't win it. But Franks or Jones at that point, if they're not going to get the playing time that they think they deserve, they might be gone. Um, but you go in and you know you pick three of Felipe, Emery, Trask, and Anthony Richardson. And I say you're really happy with that group. Yeah, I mean, regardless, you're fine with, with any three. Um, ideally, my three would be... Emory Jones, Kyle Trask, Anthony Richardson, and Felipe is the odd guy out. Yeah. Um, but even if Felipe somehow stayed. But the thing, the, here's my thing. There is a chance. I don't know how likely of a chance there is, but there is a chance that if um, Emory Jones lost the starting job that he would still stay. Um, I don't know. I, I can't read Emory Jones' mind. I don't know what he's thinking, but there is a possibility is there any possibility that Felipe stays if, if he doesn't win? Yeah. I don't see any reason to. Yeah, I don't either. I, I mean, grad transfer at that point, he's immediately eligible. Go play wherever you want and get yourself drafted or take that baseball money. Yeah, especially because he's going to have – you know, he has like, – like he'll have some sort of draft talk about him. I mean, uh, what, you think, fourth round, fifth round? Something like that, like, like right, like right. No, now. not not right now. But like, well, let's pretend he loses the job. He goes somewhere else. He goes to a smaller school or just any, anywhere that he would be guaranteed the starting gig, and has like a halfway decent year. I mean, like uh, 
an NFL coach is going to take a chance on the six five enormous Perhaps arm guy, right? Th- they didn't do it on Tyree Jackson last year, which was really weird. Uh, I thought it would end up, you know, that he'd get drafted when Josh Allen went seventh overall for the same exact traits. Um, but Felipe, I mean, it'd be hit or miss. Everyone knows the inconsistencies that came out of his career. Even if he goes and plays solid somewhere else, is he going to be the same as playing solid at the University of Florida, especially after, you know, dislocating his ankle? He goes to, uh, how about he goes to Oklahoma and becomes the next Heisman winner? Then he's the first overall pick. (laughs) That's just how it works. He's Lincoln Riley's next prize. I've suggested that a couple times, but I know they've got a freshman there that I'm blanking on his name. He's just going to be a stud whenever Hertz is done this year. Um but, I, I mean, what are some schools that realistically he could transfer into? Like, what about the University of Houston, assuming King does transfer assuming out? Assuming Derek King leaves? Uh, Talk about a rebuilding program that could use a facelift at quarterback. Yeah, I could see it. Mm-hmm. I think it would make a lot of sense. I mean, Dana Horlinson or however you pronounce it. The, I mean, uh, the QB they, for Oklahoma, by the way, is Spencer Rattler. That's it. Freshman. That's it. True freshman. Yeah, I don't see Felipe going there because of Rattler. Um, Houston would make sense. I mean, I I don't see him transferring to a big school, SEC school, just because injury, questions about consistency. But you put him in, you know, power six, (laughs) group of five, uh, I think he shreds it up there, and that gives him the opportunity to hear his name called next year. Yeah, and – I could see him at a at a lower level power five as well. Yeah, you know, like a like a like a lower level ACC school, Pac twelve. Basically, any conference that's not the SEC, but even in the SEC, I mean, there's still, there's still gonna be plenty of teams next year that need that need quarterbacks, and you look at grad transfers with quarterbacks, and I think um, it's really convenient to actually look at the transfer portal for for graduates if you have a young guy that you believe in but you don't think he's quite ready that grad transfer guy can buy you that one year to develop that guy I mean Oklahoma this year you let Spencer Rattler develop for a year you put Jalen Hurts there Florida this year in a sense minus the grad transfer part but the guy that's got just a little bit of eligibility left. In in our hopes and dreams, Zach. In our hopes and dreams, this could it's the be week. this could be the reality. But um, obviously, we've talked about this at length. But but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I definitely think that like teams are going to be interested in Felipe for sure. So um, that'll be super interesting. And and again, we're we're saying all this assuming he's transferring. Like we don't know this for a fact. We're not in his brain. You know, I don't even know if he knows yet. I would predict that if he doesn't win this quarterback competition, he's out. Yeah, no, I would too, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably a fair assumption. And um, I don't think he's going to win this quarterback competition. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think he is either because I think that now Trask has moved so far ahead now. Yeah. And the advantage for Trask is, and I we've been saying this for weeks, and I said it the second he won the job or the second he got the job after Felipe's injury. Trask will never give you that terrible game, that Felipe-Missouri game from last year. Trask is never going to have a game like that. So 
it makes it hard for Trask to lose the job. Right. Because he never has that performance. You can be like, oh, my God, how can you keep this guy in? He never has that one. He also never has the unbelievable performance that can beat a Georgia or beat an LSU. But because he's never going to just lay a complete egg, he does make an interesting case. And that's what's going to, we don't know about Emory Jones yet, but that's what's going to have Trask the edge over Felipe. Right. Is knowing that you have at least a steady hand in Trask. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if Trask had, you know, Georgia's offensive line around him and he had, you know, a whole bunch of five stars all around his roster, then sure, keep Kyle Trask in there. Obviously, you and I don't have that opinion. We'd rather see number five. Um, but to me, it, it's technically a three quarterback race. It's really two. I, I feel like, mm-hmm. and I think you kind of feel that way too. It's really between Trask. And I mean, Jones. I do, but for the professionalism of the headline, I'm going to call it three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and, and now I can't call it four. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Sproles, uh, what a guy. Um, hopefully he does end up somewhere. Dan Mullen and his teammates have expressed as much confidence as you can in a walk-on quarterback as possible. Zach, you weren't here. Um, if our if our buddy Harrison is listening, uh, he'll he'll know this guy. But you weren't here for uh, good old Jake Allen before Nick. Jake Allen was Nick Sproles before Nick Sproles. He was the walk-on. He went to to St. Thomas, and uh, and Jake Allen was here for I think two years, and then he transferred as well because he like he wasn't playing either. But um, but like he was that guy. He was that extra quarterback. Um, but hey, I mean, it'll be fun to watch the Nick Sproles sweepstakes. See where he ends up. I wonder what type of school would take a shot on him. Yeah, um, that's actually interesting. I want to see where Jake Allen went. I forgot. I remember him going somewhere, but I don't entirely remember. Wait, it was a, I think it was an Ivy League school. Um, he went to Dartmouth. Yep. Dartmouth. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know what Nick Sproul's grades are like, but... I mean, maybe he could yeah. end up at Dartmouth. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if he ended up at Vandy? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, he's... Is Nick Sproul's Vandy's best quarterback right now? He's made the SEC academic honor roll for whatever it's that's true. worth. I don't know what the qualifier is there. Yeah. But, he, but, I mean, he made that. So here's the start of the petition to get Nick Sproles to Vandy. <laughs> exactly. Nick Sproles needs to be a Commodore. Derek Mason, you got one more year. Nick Sproles is your man. We know you're hearing this right now. Absolutely. Mason, take a shot. <laughs> take All a right. shot, baby. So six Florida Gators have committed to playing in prospect All-Star games this upcoming offseason. Uh, I believe I'll be at both. I didn't realize there'd be this many going to the Shrine game, and since it's a two-hour drive, I can go down and back in a day. Um, but we started with the Senior Bowl. We had Michael P. Ryan, John Grenard, and Jamari Zuniga accept invites there. I thought Van Jefferson would be a fourth, uh, but he has not gotten an invite yet, obviously. Um, so he ended up accepting one to the Shrine, go- uh, Shrine game. Uh, back to back to back, then Josh Hammond and... Freddie Swain did as well. So they'll have three receivers there. I'm trying to find out if that's a record for most amount of receivers or players at one position out of one school in a bowl game like that. Um, but so that's six right now. Um, 
still feel like there's room for a couple of more guys to accept an invitation. Tyree Cleveland? I think Tyree's the type to get an invite, but maybe not to the Senior Bowl, but to a Shrine game or... Oh, yeah, no. Tyree's not a Senior Bowl guy. Right. Definitely not. He could get a call-up if he kills it. I mean, guys get called up every year if they perform. Like, there was this dude last year. His name was Wes Hills or something. Came out of Slippery Rock uh, College. D2 or D3 up in Pittsburgh. Uh, Went from the NFLPA Bowl to the Shrine game to the Senior Bowl. Three weeks in a row. Good Lord. He plays, I think, for Arizona now. I'm pretty sure he got drafted or signed as soon as the draft was over. Look at that. Yeah. So that could be our Tyree uh, Tyree Cleveland. Yeah. And, I I mean, Tyree's got the physical tools to be a decent NFL receiver. And the special teams experience. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, you're looking at him like got in in a slight bit of trouble his freshman year. But other than that has been – Totally fine, like totally clean, no problems off the field, um, really fast, um, has shown big play capability in the past, uh, is responsible for the best moment I've ever seen in the Swamp, mm-hmm. which is the I heave know exactly to cleave. what you're talking about. Yeah, in 2017. Um, also responsible for one of the other best moments um, in recent Gator football history, which was his uh, 99-yard catch against LSU in Death Valley in 2016 to go ahead and seal the SEC East. Um, so Ty- Tyree was more of a he was I mean he was more of a premier guy in the offense before the arrival of Van Jefferson and the arrival of Trayvon Grimes and the arrival of Kyle Pitts. And obviously that's going to you know there's only one football right you know that's gonna um, reduce your touches and. You know, one thing I've I've said about him in the past two years is, um, you know, like that, like as much as he won't complain about it or say anything, like that has to suck. Oh, you yeah. know, like like you're the guy, like you are the number one receiver, and then all of a sudden, you're like the number five or six. Yeah, and your your touches are just really diminishing, and yeah, because not only did did Van Jefferson and Trayvon Grimes come to Florida. But Dan Mullen's offense features the slot receiver a lot more. So you had an emergence of Freddie Swain and Trayvon or Freddie Swain and um Josh Hammond. So it's like Tyree went from from one to like like you just said, like pretty much one to five in one season. Yeah. And he was as selfless and as willing as anyone could possibly be. And you know, if he has the the athletic capability which i think he does that's the kind of guy i want on my nfl roster mm-hmm. well, because talk i talk about a dude that's 62 205 the fastest receiver at florida in a two deep receiver offense with a ton of special teams uh, you know time on his hands that's going to get you nfl interest yeah and if nothing more than to be a guy on than to be a gunner on special teams yeah and i think he'd get reps at receiver now especially because in one thing you got to look at especially now, you know, if you're coming up as a player in in high school, early college, whatever, if you're an athlete and you haven't really solidified a position yet, look at wide receiver. Because every NFL team, you know, almost every set, unless you're the Jaguars, almost every set there's there's four or five receivers on the field. Well, actually, now the Jaguars do play do play yeah. more with Filippo, but um, 
But I mean, that's one of the, I, I don't want to say easiest to make it sound like it's easy to get on an NFL field. It's obviously not, but it's one of the easier ones to get on the field out of any position. Because it's like, listen, you play quarterback, you don't win the starting jobs. All right, go to the bench. In college, too, go to the bench. You play offensive line, you don't start. Sorry. Like, on defense, you get in a rotation, and then on offense, like wide receiver, you just get to get in a lot of rotation, and it gives you a lot of different um, opportunities. So, uh, Tyree's an interesting guy, and I like definitely would love to see him have a a successful NFL career. And who are some other guys that potentially could get a call? I mean, there's a lot of seniors on this team. Um, I think David Reese would be an interesting fit at the Shrine game. Reese is not going to be anything more than a two-down, early-down thumper at the next level. Oh, yeah, he didn't have the lateral speed. Not even close. No, not at all. Or the coverage instinct. No, there's no way. But teams look for those. I mean, those are typically the first guys that are priority signings in undrafted free agency are the two-down thumpers because no one wants to waste a draft pick on someone that doesn't potentially have it in them to play three downs. Yeah. And can David Reese play three downs in the NFL at middle on a bad team without very good linebackers or no? I don't think so. I don't think he can either. But I don't think so. I mean, he can't cover, and to make it worse, I think he has double-digit missed tackles this year. Yeah. So, but I mean. It'd be cool to see him get one, though. Teams take shots on leaders. Yeah, for sure. Character guys. For sure. The, the thing I worry about with him versus, like, a Tyree is I think that Tyree has the athletic capability at his position for an NFL coach to look at him and say, all right, this guy has a decently high ceiling right. that maybe we haven't tapped into. But you watch David Reese's film and what you see is what you get. Like it's, it's the, it's the Kyle Trask of defense, right? Like you look at what they give and you say, this is pretty good, but I know I'm not really getting much further than this. I know this is about it. Which means he should serve as, you know, a, like a fourth linebacker, and like I said, one of those early down thumpers. You um, you look at what teams will want to do with Voshan Joseph for the Bills when they finally get him on the field. And, I mean, they they spent a fourth or fifth round pick on him, and I thought that was too high because he's going to be specialized. Yeah. He, he was the third team linebacker uh, being used as a blitzer primarily in, I think, preseason training camp like yeah and Voshan has a much higher ceiling than David Reese yeah exactly way higher so what what does that say about Reese yeah like that was a wasted pick by Buffalo and it was a fourth rounder yeah which which sucks because um David Reese is a guy that just like as a like you just watch him and you naturally want to root for him you want him to do well um unselfish as they come as much of a leader as they come Obviously, phenomenal locker room guy. Um, but the reality is, I mean, if you can't produce results, I mean, I don't know. So it'll be interesting for him, too. I mean, he's definitely going to have a roster spot in um, training camp, mm-hmm. and we'll see if he can hold on to one. But, uh, yeah, another interesting one to track. Um, what about the guys that have invites already? What, what, what are we looking at for them? What do you mean? You've got uh, Pirine, Van. Um, who, who's going where again, first of all? 
Well, Zuniga, Grenard, and P. Ryan to the senior. Okay. Jefferson, that makes sense. Hammond, Swain to the shrine. Got which it. is the bowl game below the senior bowl. It's yeah, the week yeah, yeah. Before right. St. Petersburg, Tropicana Field. And it's like not quite as good. Yeah. Uh, what about Piran? Piran's the type to take advantage of the senior bowl. You know, running backs carve out a role at the senior bowl, and that's what you know teams want to see. He's going to be a guy that ends up somewhere like Baltimore as a committee back at the start and end up yeah. taking the starting job. You think so? Eventually, not not in his you know maybe in his first year, but not out the gate if that makes sense. But you pair you pair him in a committee with a guy like Mark Ingram for a year, uh, and eventually let him take over. That's going to be. I mean, he's the type that ends up elevating himself from being a sixth or so round pick into a mid- earlier day three, potentially late day two, with good testing results and just killing it with an offensive line ahead of him at the Senior Bowl. You know where I think he improved his draft stock the most this year is in the past game. game. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's 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 been really effective in the past game. And he leads all SEC running backs in receptions. Yeah, and and I mean he, he was a good he was a good receiver out of the backfield last year. Um, it wasn't like some shock that oh my god he can he can catch out of the backfield, but it was him adapting to a bad situation exactly and turning exactly. it into a positive. Yes, because because you, you look at it early in the year, and again and, and you know you saw it. Week zero against Miami. You know, every run he had, he's getting nowhere. And the only time he's getting any yards is if he can catch the ball in the backfield and get five or six. And you watch that game and you think, okay, man, like with this offensive line, if they don't get better, which they've gotten a little better, but not not a whole lot. Um, you look at it and you say, man, if P. Ryan doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield, he, he's not going anywhere this year. He, he's not moving at all. And he catches out of the backfield, and he's been impressive, um, for the most part. Um, I've been I've been impressed, and that's that's the kind of back that gets on the team and produces. That's and that's the kind of back that that coaches push to be on the field. You know, if you're just an if you're just a downhill guy, doesn't make a lot of people miss in the open field, then it's gonna be tough to get you in the game because they have to be very specific towards you. But Piron. I mean, third down back um, early on and, and, like you said, taking over later. I mean, I, I could see that. Mm-hmm. There will be de- plenty of teams out there looking for someone like that. Yeah, I think he needs to be on a team with a good offensive line, though. Yeah. In the NFL, he doesn't have he doesn't have the speed. I think Baltimore to, is the dream spot. Yeah, Baltimore is the perfect a, spot. That, that's a fantastic spot for him. He's also the total Patriots type of running back. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think they have enough in their backfield just like him to where they probably wouldn't. But Right. Um, if they don't take Sonny Michelle two years ago, LaMichael P. Ryan is a perfect fit yeah. in that spot. Yeah, if he went to a team with a bad line, I think he'd struggle for sure just because he doesn't have the – the only way in the NFL that as a running back you can overpower a, a mediocre to bad offensive line is if you have just game-breaking speed – and elusiveness. Um, and he's fast and elusive, but he's not, you know, he's not McCaffrey out there <laughs> making, right. making guys miss. Like, so uh, he'll, he'll be another fun guy to watch for sure. But what I, the person I'm most looking forward to in the NFL next year is Van. Yeah, me too. Because Van. I thought he should have gotten a senior bowl invite. Because Van, oh my goodness, it, it is it is poetic to watch him run routes. Right. It is, it is literature on a football field. Like, it is just so, 
nice and you know the classic video everyone likes likes to show is him against florida state last year where he broke the dude's ankles oh just baptizing the florida the florida state safety um would not hate to see a very similar play in the swamp in two weeks uh against florida state um i would not be be pissed to see that uh but yeah i mean i I think he's gonna be really really good on a team like I, i think he will be a I, I really see him as having like a 10 year, 10 plus year NFL career. And the worst part about it is he's totally going to get drafted in like the sixth round. No one from the Shrine game gets elevated. Yeah. Like, quite like they do the Senior Bowl. Unless he gets the call up, which would be nice. But I mean, the son of a coach you'd think would get some recognition like yeah. that. I mean, I don't know. He He's definitely the type like Cleveland with the frame, with the, um, you know, maybe not as fast, but he's definitely athletic. You know, he's got traits figured out. He knows how to route and run routes. He's a smart dude. He's a special teams contributor. He's, yeah. the, he's the type to get taken in, you know, as a six-round pick, and a team will be really, really happy about it. Yeah, and he will, he will, um, you know, you compare him to Tyree, um, a little slower, a little better hands, and a pretty sizably better route runner. Oh, but for sure. but that's not a knock on Tyree. That's just because Van is a beautiful route runner. I like I can't say enough about his routes, um, because he has that he has that very natural receiver feel that not everybody has. Because what a lot of people don't what, what I think a lot of people don't understand about route running is that what makes an elite route runner is not running exactly how the line looks. What makes an elite route runner is feeling that soft spot in a defense. And Van is so, so good at that. He understands that it's an inexact science, and he's mastered that inexact science as much as you possibly can. And in today's NFL, in, in such complex offenses where everything's a read, everything's a reaction, that's so important to have a guy that understands that. Mm-hmm. And as athletic as some guys are, not every receiver coming into the league can really do that to the full extent that a coach is wanting, and Van can, Van Jefferson can do that. And I think that his lack of game-breaking speed is 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 what you said. That's gonna, that's going to be the main thing to me that keeps him. That's the main thing that's kept him from senior bowl invite, right or not. And it's the main thing that's going to keep him outside of the top like four rounds. Um. And especially with receiver, you know, really good receivers go round four, round five, round six. It's mm-hmm. not like it happens every year. Yeah, it's not like an offensive lineman. You know, it's not like a, an offensive tackle. If you're an offensive tackle getting drafted in round five, you know, there's success are stories. You might be moving to guard. Right. Exactly. Um, but like receivers go, uh, there are undrafted receivers that that end up being really good and making the team. It's every year. Yeah. So. Um, as far as him making a team and stuff, that's not concerning in the slightest. I, I just hope for him that he, he goes kind of similar to Pirine, that he just goes to a good situation. Because mm-hmm. receiver, like running back, even more than running back, is such a dependent position on everything else that's going on that you just can't control. Right. So, you know, it would really suck to see him on a team that's just got a garbage O-line and the quarterback's getting sacked left and right and – He's running a bunch of routes just to burn some calories, and it right. doesn't matter. But uh, if he could go to a good sit, what, what if he got drafted by the Chiefs? Um, I wouldn't love him there just because there's no room for him. Yeah, there, there is a lot. There, that, that's too good of a situation. For <laughs> that's him. true. That's I would true. like for him to get the ball. Um, what are 
So, so uh, that's kind of fun to look at. What, what would be a, give me like three ideal destinations for Van Jefferson. I wish we knew, I knew that we were doing this today. Uh, <laughs> I'd have had, I'd have had some more picked out Pittsburgh. Ooh. Their receiver issues Ooh. this year. They could use a real good that's inter- and a decent offensive line too. Yeah. And I mean, that's interesting. Ben good structure, back, good culture there. Ben coming yeah. back will be a massive upgrade to Mason Rudolph, even though he's way past his peak. Yeah. Um, they'll be going for a young quarterback sooner than later. Yeah. They, that young quarterback would have like their best friend in a player like Van Jefferson. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, Pittsburgh's a good one. I didn't even think about that. That's good. Pittsburgh's one. Um, there's gotta be a couple of other places that could use. What them. about the Rams? Because the Rams aren't, the Rams don't have any early draft capital right now. No, they don't. And. I'm sure they could. They they really need high production out of late round picks right now because they're gonna be, they're gonna be in salary cap hell. Yeah, they're gonna have to move from one of their receivers too. I'm sure. They're, yeah, they're gonna have to pick up. Yeah, I think that's a good spot. Rams not bad. No, I like that one. 49ers? 49ers could use one more. That's for sure. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of like middling teams at receiver that would love to have him. Um, ideal spot for him, I think, would be Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Who are you more excited to see in a prospect bowl game? This one being the senior bowl, obviously. John Grenard or Jabari Zuniga, and why? Um, Zuniga, because like we've unfortunately gotten to see so little of him this year, right? Due to injury, that I don't know what I'm getting. Um, yeah. Grenard, I think is probably when push comes to shove going to be the better player and better prospect, but I kind of know more what I'm getting. You know, I, I feel like there's less room for surprise. Right. But, you know, what if Zuniga just comes and tears it up? If he tears it up, I still don't know how high he's going to go, though. Yeah, I, no, I know. Because I of just his think... injuries and because the question will remain, how does he perform against better competition on a consistent basis? Yeah, he'll face that tougher competition. the uh, The Senior Bowl is the best place in the world for offensive line. Yeah, I mean, the, it, you you will find ten starters, NFL starters at that Senior Bowl. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he'll be tested, but I mean, how much do we learn from a game that players are realistically going probably seventy five ish, eighty percent, and um, a week of practices where you're not supposed to go to the ground. Right, um, and and I think that's going to be a really important week for Zuniga because right now if I'm an NFL scout, I'm looking at Zuniga and I'm saying, okay, you had a hell of a game against Miami. Mm-hmm. Well, Miami's got one of the worst offensive lines in Power 5 football. Right. What did you do against Georgia? Right. So. And last year, it, correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't do anything against no, Georgia. No. Um, he kind of came on later in the year, um, but I mean – the whole team came on later in the year. So. Right, of course. And, I mean, they played – you look at who they played late in the year. Yeah. They played Michigan, resting a bunch of starters. They're not resting, but the starters were declaring for the draft. On Idaho. Defense. Yeah, Idaho, which is – Idaho, I'm telling you, in person, the smallest college football team I've ever seen. <laughs> it literally looked like a high school team. I cannot stress this enough. Idaho was a high school team. <laughs> there – you cannot tell me that St. Thomas Aquinas – is smaller than Idaho. Oh my! God. I don't. I don't know. Like they're literally the smallest people I've ever seen. They had a safety that played a lot, and he could not have been taller than five eight. It was unbelievable. Jeez! It was unbelievable. I was shocked. I was shocked. That's amazing. It was like 
in that kid that <laughs> that gives us all a chance that safety for that safety for idaho he looked like um you know when like freshmen play high school football and their like shoulder pads are too small and their jersey's huge oh, and it's like super no. baggy it kind of looked like that <laughs> and i was like it wasn't that bad like i'm exactly it wasn't that bad, but, but like he's not wearing land shark cleats but like it was like it was rough oh, you know wow. But, and I was like, man, but so, so Idaho and then Florida State last year. Right. Who, Florida State last year was Cam Akers, Brian Burns, and a bunch of guys. Right. Like. That was about it. Outside of those two players, I didn't know a damn player that played for Florida State except Francois. Right. Or I guess, uh, Tamori on Terry, but. Um, That's it. But yeah, I mean, you want to talk about bad offensive line play? Look at that. Like, good Lord. So. So, yeah, I mean, like, there's not been that game against an elite team where Zuniga went off. That game doesn't exist. Right. That Ja'Kai Polite versus LSU game last year, you know, that game for Zuniga does not exist. So, um, but that's why I'm more excited to see him in the Senior Bowl. Right. Because I'm more excited to see if he can turn a couple heads. Well, I think there's, regardless, going to be heads turned by him. The most important week for him is going to be Indianapolis, the combine. Yeah, for he's sure. Six four, probably going to come in around two sixty at that point, and he's going to blow every test up. At least, yeah. At least from my opinion, I think he'll blow up the forty. I that's, think his, I think his ten yard split is going to be ridiculous. That's your, that's your time of year. Oh yeah, the combine. This is, the, this is literally oh. like the next couple of months are going to be the perfect like mix of my brands that I'm going to levitate. <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might forget that basketball even exists that's why you're here bro yeah me, <laughs> me, me, me and victor will be will be hitting basketball i'll be doing basketball too don't worry but um but yeah i mean like i, I don't know people get weird in college when it comes to the nfl draft maybe it's because they're sad that they don't want these guys to leave but like i don't know man do you look at a story like john grenard and you can't wait for the draft to come yeah, and I think that you as a fan need to be worried about your guys getting into the league because that's recruiting. Yeah. That's the number one recruiting pitch any coach can have. Why do you think Saban just churns out five stars? Because half the freaking league went to Alabama. Right. Like Every year there's five first-round picks out of Alabama. Yeah, and it's like, and this year's going to be no different. Yeah. You're going to have Judy and Ruggs and... Tua, Tua, if he's healthy, and you're gonna, you know, whole, the whole squad's going to be in the league, bro. Dylan and Moses. And then you look at right now, like, look at, like, Minka Fitzpatrick is playing on the Steelers. He's balling, man. Like, and that's your best recruiting tool. Like, especially in today's, in today's college football, like, guys used to go to the schools that they grew up a fan of. Right. They'll go there now if they can get them in the league. Mm-hmm. But if your school can't get me in the league, forget you, man. If I'm a five star and I can go wherever I want and I know I'm gonna play, why why would I go to Miami right now? Who's Miami sending to the league? Right. But Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, like these boys are in the league and they are balling. Right. So if you're if you're a college fan and you don't care about that and you don't care about your college's brand in the league, well, you should. Mm-hmm. You're an idiot if you don't because that's recruiting. That affects recruiting. And Florida's like right on the borderline, like they're 
I think it goes back four or five years that they've had five guys drafted. So yeah. that's that that's a huge positive. But like, how many of them are sticking around? How many of them are impact picks? How many of them yeah. are Alabama five guys in the first round picks? Well, Florida Florida always has guys get drafted, and rarely do you have a Vernon Hargrave situation where the dude's just a flop in the NFL. Right. That's pretty rare, but Florida also rarely has guys that just dominate the league. That They almost never have that either. Right. You know, think about all the DBs. Like, Florida's, like, the NFL is littered with Florida DBs. That's the only reason that Florida has a DBU case. But none of them are shut down. Right. Joe Hayden used to be. Otherwise, who else could you think of, like, recently? Probably the best one besides that is Norris Jenkins. Yeah. Like and if it, like <laughs> Janoris Jenkins is a, is not a bad player at all, but if he's your if he's your best argument, then they're not in DBU. Like if you are if you are arguing, you know if you're <laughs> if you're talking DBs in the league from your school, and you're trying to you're trying to flex your best guys, and you have to name Brian Poole, you're probably not in that conversation, right? But anyway, um, I mean Florida still recruits DBs well. I'm not that's not a concern. Um, but like, you got to look at other positions as well. Like that was one reason Muschamp recruited so well. If you look at the main guys in the league right now that went to Florida, they were during Muschamp's era. It wasn't the McIlwain time and the urban guys are getting old now. And uh, I mean, Mullen's only been here one year. You can't really, right. There's not much you can say besides maybe Jawan Taylor, who's playing well. Mm -hmm. Jawan Taylor's playing good football. Um, but as a fan, if you just like, you just shut off in the draft and you don't care about your guys and and you're one of those people, then you should not be that way because you got to understand that this really affects your recruiting. And if you're if you're confused, like man, why can't my school recruit? Well, maybe you should look at that. Yeah, that's probably a big deal. So it's interesting to think about. And I, and again, I know this is your time of year. Yeah, it's got me excited. Oh, draft time is my hotel's booked for Mobile. Uh, like I said, I'll probably end up in Tampa for a day or two of practices just to catch up with those guys, see how they're doing. Um, it'll be a good time. We're going to have a lot of interesting content that you typically don't see on the Florida beat coming out. Oh yeah. This is where we, we set ourselves apart, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The this is where the way. content becomes elite. Mm -hmm. This is where we turn four star content into five star content. You won't want to miss a drip of it. Oh no. Um, Anything else we got for today? I mean, uh, no, we're gonna save uh, previewing Florida State for next week, right? Oh yeah, no, that's gonna be a that's gonna be quite the show. Well, I'll try yeah. and get I'll try and find a guest to get on. Oh, but uh, so that the viewers know, um, I will be at one of the premier games this weekend. I am tomorrow. I am uh, driving from Gainesville to Jacks, flying from Jacksonville to Nashville, convening with with my buddies who are meeting with me in Nashville. And we are heading up to Columbus, Ohio. Ooh. And we will be at Ohio State, Penn State this weekend. Oh, taking, my God. Taking full advantage of the bye week. So uh, one of the most important games in the college football playoff decision. Um, I'm excited to be there. Uh, thank God it was a noon game, dude. Oh, my God. Bro, when they announced it was a noon game, my friends were like, oh, dang, I wish it was a night game. I'm like, bro, it's about to be... Brick titties cold, man. I don't. I don't right. want it to be at seven. Right. 
Like, I live in Florida, bro. Yeah, man. They're underestimating how bad it gets up I there. Dude, I can't, handle, I can't handle teens when and single we, digits right now. I'm, when, not, I'm not ready for that, bro. I haven't had under 50 in months. When me and Chris went from Lockdown Jaguars, went up to Penn State to scout that game, it was a 730 game against Nebraska at State College in right about now, actually. Yeah, right this exact week, two years ago, we went 30 degrees. Ooh. And we contemplated going to the Jags game the next day in Cleveland, making the drive over. Ooh. Tickets to that game were $4, and it was below freezing. <laughs> $4? Yeah. Below freezing that morning, I should say. I think you got into the teens by kickoff. Oh, man. So, yeah, tell your friends from someone with experience, be happy that it's a noon kickoff. Oh, man, because like, it's still going to be really cold. I still, still got a bundle, but at least I got the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, bro. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be an early morning, but because we're tailgating hard. And you also get to enjoy the rest of your day in Columbus after the game, go out and party. Oh, yeah, yeah. And because one of my best friends goes to Ohio State. Okay. So that's who we're, we're meeting up with because, like, we're kind of all over the place. Like, I'm in Florida. One's in Columbus. One go, is in Oxford. He goes to Ole Miss. And another goes to Tennessee. Um, so we've all visited each place, mm-hmm. and we haven't visited Columbus yet. Like, they've been here. We've been to Ole Miss. Like, um, but we haven't gone to Columbus yet. So he's always been telling us, like, you got to come to Michigan game, come to Michigan, come to Michigan game. But I'm like, dude, that's Florida, Florida state day, bro. Like I'm not missing Florida, Florida state, man. Right. Like, sorry, sorry about it. And then my, my Ole Miss buddy, he's like, yeah, like I'm not missing the egg bowl. Cause that, that's Ole Miss Mississippi state day. So then, so we're like, dang, like, I don't know when we're going to be able to get, get up to Columbus. Like we can, we can just go for a regular weekend, but like it'd be more fun for a game. Right. And I'm looking at the schedule and I'm like, Hmm. Gators have a bye week this week for the first time since I can remember watching Gator football. They almost always have the bye week or they almost always have like a, uh, a throwaway game. They, they always got a cupcake before FSU and it's at home too. Um, so I was like, okay, Gators got a bye week. That's Ohio State, Penn State day. I'm sure Penn State's going to be pretty good. I'm sure Ohio State's going to be good. And I looked at Ole Miss's schedule. They're playing on the road. I looked at Tennessee's schedule. They have a bye week or they're playing on the road. They're not playing at home. And then the Jags play in Nashville the next day at 3. Oh, and wow. Columbus is only five hours from Nashville. So we're getting up Sunday morning, <laughs> driving to Nashville, going to Titans-Jags. Oh, that's epic. And then Thanksgiving week. I'm oh. like, bro, this is literally like... You so, are thriving. So I like I looked at all this. like it, I looked at this in like June. And I texted my buddies. I was like, yo, like that Michigan game, that ain't going to happen. And that, that game's in Ann Arbor anyway. I was like, but Penn State? Y'all looking at this? Like, <laughs> this thing all works out, bro. So uh, I'm excited. Um, I will, I'll be sure to tell the pod, the pod world how it went. Oh, and we're expecting live tweets. Oh, we have nothing course. better to do on Saturday now anyway. I'm just going to be laying in my bed. Exactly. Writing articles. Exactly. Get up. Get up about, you know, get up about 1130. Get you a cup of coffee. Watch some Big Ten football. Some big noon kickoff. Absolutely. I'm all about it. <laughs> Well, I think that should just about do it for us here today at the Gator Maven podcast. So, of course, make sure to uh, go and subscribe, leave ratings and reviews on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, just about anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can listen to Gator Maven. Uh, Of course, feel free to reach out to us about potential sponsorships if that's something you guys are looking forward to doing with your local business around here in the Gainesville area. We would love to have you as a part of our show. So make sure to reach out to me on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall. 
or Graham at Graham Marsh UF and check out the site si.com slash college slash Florida. We'll catch up with you guys next time. Shouldn't be